0: And I am Anthony, and this is one more week in the book of Habakkuk. Yeah, and other things, yeah. drinking beer and whatnot. Yeah,
1: so we're What's gonna, going on, man? Dude, we are good. So, um, listeners, this is coming out several weeks later, but this this is the first episode we've recorded since we've revealed who we are, yes, on social media. So, the first so six, episode sixty seven just got released last week where we reveal who we are, we shared it on our personal social media accounts and everything. And um we've we're really I've been really encouraged by the feedback. Um yeah. and it's been really it's not that I of the reaction. I was just anticipating a much different reaction than yeah. the one that than the one then what than what we've gotten as a whole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought we would get some mixed reviews you know um, when you're in the church world obviously there's a lot of people who uh, don't agree with drinking alcohol mm-hmm. um, we obviously don't have an issue with it and and so but I mean by and large I mean 99 point nine percent of the people who reached out to me super encouraging mm-hmm. uh, thought it was thought it was great so we we appreciate everybody's kind words and texts and Facebook messages and yeah you know, we appreciate y'all liking and following us on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so uh, for, from two guys who were a little nervous about it, because I, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're putting yourself out there. Uh, just We just want to say thank you. Yeah. And, um, and you know, when, when I
1: was writing the post that we used, um, I was trying to word it to where it wasn't, you know, you know if you think differently too bad, we don't really care. Like I, I didn't want that to come across and I don't think it did. And I think that, um, for the most part, as far as we can tell, people have had, you know, have been very, um, accepting and receptive of, of, of what we're doing here and, and we hope that we can continue to do this for a long time. So, um, we're enjoying it. We're still having, we're having fun doing it and it's, um, it's it's been good, especially in this season where we're going through Habakkuk to dive in and kind of really dig our dig our feet into mm-hmm. some scripture and theology like scriptural theology, not just theology as interpreted by someone else some some dude written in a book yeah and not, not which to, is good not not to take any not to take anything away from those guys, but no getting it straight from the source um is, is always better. Yes, it is.
0: Yes, it is. So, with that, uh, we want to say thanks and um, welcome to episode 72. And we're going to drink a little bit of beer tonight. Yes. Um, I have on tap for tonight something that I would not normally buy, um, but this is a brewery that we've done before from the Duke Claw uh, Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I have the Funk. I got to say that right Funk, F U N K. Uh, Blueberry Citrus Wheat uh, beer, and it is a 5% ABV. It is, let me get my stats up over here, from Duke Law. comes in at uh, a Play-Doh. I I don't think we ever determined what a Play-Doh was, uh, but it comes in 11.5 on the Play-Doh scale and 16 IBUs. Um, it's a light golden beer with Cascade and Columbus hops, and they use pale malt, wheat malt, blueberry, and Meyer lemon as their, their grains and flavoring. So, um, the way that they pitch this to you is they say, we want the funk slide into the groove of this soulful fusion of American wheat and hops set to the rhythm of a stunning encore of blueberry and Meyer lemon. Now in a fresh new look with 12 ounce cans, which you can't see because you're not on the video, but it is a cool looking can.
1: Yeah, it is a cool-looking gun.
0: But, uh, yeah, that's what I've got. Michael, what you got on tap for tonight?
1: So, tonight, I really did try to find the Duclaw one because I thought I could get it here. Yeah. Um, Is it Duclaw or Scofflaw?
0: No, it's Duclaw. Oh. Yeah, it's Duclaw.
1: Never mind. (laughs) No wonder I couldn't find it. I was looking in the (laughs) wrong spot. Maybe I could (laughs) have found it. Dang. Now I feel like an idiot.
0: Duclaw's Sweet Baby Jesus. That's the other one that we did by Law. Yeah. And they had the Sweet Baby Java. Is
1: that Uh Duke Duclaw was Dirty Little Freak.
0: Dirty Little Freak. We've actually done two
1: Laws. Sweet. And this is, I mean, Strawberry Letter 23. Was that Duclaw also? That was a Duclaw, yeah. Okay, so we've done several from Duclaw. Okay. Yes, we have. I just feel stupid now because I was looking in the (laughs) wrong spot in the package store. Um, Oops. I gave up, and I was like, well, I guess I'll just get something else. So what I got... Um, this is a new brewery to the beers and Bible podcast. This is the Oscar blues brewery. They are based in Colorado. And this is the death by coconut Irish style Porter. Um, That sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm excited about this. And it's, uh, let's see. Let's see this can. We'll post a picture of the can, but it's pretty. Yeah, I won't post the wrong
0: pictures this (laughs) week.
1: Yeah. Gosh, come on now. It's okay. It happens. Um, so, this is a 6.5 ABV, and that's all that's on the can, really. Um, Brewed in Colorado. They've got other locations, too, but um, they use pure liquid cacao in their hey. brewing process. What's up, Steve? Yeah, Steve, you know about You've the c- given- <laughs> cacao nibs, man. That's right. <laughs> Actually, they just completely um, by- bypass that. Um, Untapped has it... Described as a semi-sweet porter made from loads of dark chocolate and extra dark caramel malt, um, 6.5 ABV, 25 IBUs, um, and it's uh, a looks like it's a wintry wintery option. So we're mm-hmm. in, we're into early spring here in North Georgia, so this may not fit well, but maybe it will. I don't know. So we're about to find out.
0: Well, there's only a way to find out unless they crack them open and start drinking. Let's do it. So here we go. In three, two, one, crack. I love that sound. It sounds even better when it's not distorted, too. So you won't be able to see mine because I have my trusty. Uh, You're using Pearson your Babylon B. Babylon B mug. Going on tonight. But this thing is like super clear. Very light. Mine is in like Hershey Porter. Yes. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is a Porter, so that's not a surprise there.
0: Oh, dude, this thing almost smells like an IPA. Dude,
1: mine smells like an Almond Joy. Ooh. I hope it tastes like an Almond Joy. That is yeah. that is a, um underrated candy in my opinion.
0: This has a really interesting. Like I can smell the blueberries, but it almost smells like a, a tart blueberry. So maybe that's the citrus hmm. that I'm smelling as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's find. Let's out. turn them up. Let's find out what's going on. Here's the funk, and here's the death by death coconut. By co- hmm. mm.
1: Well, are you dead by coconut yet? I mean, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> that's really good. It tastes. It's not quite as, know, I'm going to use almond joy to describe it. Mm-hmm. But you know how almond joy has like that creamy sweetness of the coconut. The coconut's got like a cream, almost a creamy sweetness. Uh, so texture. I'm going to confess,
0: I have oh, never eaten almond joy. Oh, you don't like
1: coconut? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. You don't? Well, like... I I don't
0: mind coconut, don't but want... I'm not a huge oh. almond fan, and so I've never had almond joy before. It have you I have ever had, had mounds? mounds. Yes. Okay. So you know the creamy coconut
1: of a Mounds.
0: Yes. Yes, I it's do. It's the same.
1: It's the same thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Almond joys have nuts. Mounds don't. Uh, there you go. They
1: have a nut. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's not as sweet as that like as that creamy coconut from an almond joy or mm-hmm. a mound. if that's what if that's what you're if that you prefer that. Um, it's incredibly smooth. Like mm-hmm. almost it almost feels like flat. Smooth. Like, I know it's not because I just cracked it open, but it almost feels like it is. Yeah. Um, The flavor is really good. I can taste the chocolate. I can taste the almond, or not the almond, the coconut. Um, And it's not like overpowering um, strength wise. It's not like a 9 or 10 ABV when it's like Mm -hmm. it's right in your face. So even though it's a porter, it's on the lower end of the ABV. Um,
0: I'm going to. Man,
1: I think I'm going to give this five Luthers. Five Luthers, yeah. I think I think so. I think it's it's that good. Um,
0: yeah. What about I, it makes it five Luthers? So,
1: you know, it's it's very coconut forward, mm-hmm. and as in coconut's not really a common flavor profile in a beer. That it's I'm true. aware of. Now, of course, yeah. the guy at the package store that I got this from um, told me about another coconut beer that is seasonal and you can't get right now. And he was like, oh, but the, you know, this one's good, but that other one that I'm telling you about is better that you can't get. And I'm like, why would you tell me that? <laughs> why would you um, do that? <laughs> why would you mention – why would you bring something up and then tell me, oh, yeah, it's only available in like three months out of the year? Um, but it's – I mean, mean- – it's got the, it's got the flavors it says it's got. Yeah. I can taste chocolate, I can taste coconut. Um it's another desserty kind of beer. The okay. uh, uh, banana bread that I had a few weeks ago was a very dessert beer. This is another one. Um so it's not one that I'm going to sit down and have with dinner, but yeah. All that to say, I mean I'm very much enjoying myself. I was just having a hard time pinpointing the reasons to give it five yeah. or why to keep it from a five. And I don't really have any reasons to keep it from getting a five. Yeah. So well, I'm going to give it five Luthers.
0: Do it. Do it. Um, it's good to hear that because I mean, when when Uh-oh. a beer ever that's the, and I think one of the biggest things of, of giving something a five is that it, it lives up to the name that it's given. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're expecting chocolate and coconuts, you don't want it to taste like raisins and, Something else, you know. You want it to taste well, like chocolate yeah. and coconuts,
1: and it and it smells like coconut. Like it, mm-hmm. I could easily be on a beach right now. Nice. Like That's
0: if this was, if this is
1: about if this is about ten degrees colder, I would be, I would be in there.
0: So. You'd be on your way down
1: to South Alabama to hang out with me for a few days. Yeah, I would be. I'd be in the truck. I'd be I'd, <laughs> I'd
0: gas up, ready to go.
1: So let's do it. What do you got? How how's man?
0: The, how's the funk? So the funk is is interesting. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to do with the blueberry because I'm typically not a huge fruity guy. Uh-huh. I say that knowing that I have given like three fruit beers, five luthers. Okay. So let me be inconsistent here for a minute. Um, I, I usually will give those because the flavor of them is is Right according to, you know, like, what whatever flavor it is. This one has nailed it. I mean, it, it really has nailed the blueberry um, wheat style. Like, it, it's almost like a Blue Moon, but cleaner with a blueberry flavor. And it's not bitter, which one of the – I'm not a huge blueberry fan unless it's blueberry muffins. Now I will wear out some blueberry muffins, but just straight blueberries, I don't, I don't particularly like them mm-hmm. because they're they're always a little bit too bitter. And I think muffins make them better because you you know sugar and all that kind of stuff, and you cook them, and you're surrounding um, them with cake, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cake makes everything better. Um, blueberry muffins are just cake. Yeah, that's that's true. But that that being said, I'm I can't go to Five Luthers because it's just. It's not there. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not right on it for me. Um, but this is a really good beer. Um, I will gladly drink it again. the 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 interesting part is like the flavor of it makes me think this is a dessert beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got that sweet like after dinner taste, but the the smoothness and the I guess the lightness of it makes me think this is something that I could drink with dinner. Okay. So it's got this like interesting combination of it could be a dessert beer or it could also be a, a you know a dinner beer or hanging out beer, that kind of thing. Um, and so I'm gonna come in I'm gonna come in real close. I'm gonna come in at four and a half Luthers on this one. Um, flavor is on point, smoothness is on point. Uh, everything about it is is there. It's just it doesn't have that extra like push to make me go to five Luthers like hmm. it doesn't make me go wow. But it's it's really good and and I think a lot of people will enjoy this one. And I do like the name of it too. It's called funk, so I like funk music.
1: Wow. But that's another another week where we both had pretty good beers. We've good beers, yeah. yeah. And and i now I'm kinda hoping I can find that in now that I know to look in the right
0: spot. Yeah. Um, Which also I want to say, um, now that we're talking about this. I have I don't know if you have, but I have gotten so many beer suggestions this week now.
1: <laughs> There's like few, four or five yeah. of them I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to
0: try to find um that people have either messaged me and said, you know, try to find this one or or you've commented on our Facebook posts and you know, try this one or look for that one. Uh and so we we love it. Keep those suggestions coming. We're going to try to find I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm in South Alabama and we have a terrible beer selection. In Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I may have to, like, make a trip to Florida or over to Mississippi to to try to find some good beer. Um, because I am quickly running out at the the main kind of store that I shop at, which mm-hmm. is just a grocery store that right. has a good selection. Yeah. Um, better than most. Yeah. But there's just – there's not much good selection down here in Alabama. Gotcha. So, if you're like, man <laughs> – Anthony's really struggling. Yes. Yes, I am.
1: (laughs) And I almost have the opposite because I, so I kind of had gotten to a point at the, Hey, here we go. There we Um, go. I'd gotten to the point where I was getting to, there weren't that many more options at the store close to the house. I found another store that has a much wider, unique selection. And I'm, I I think I'm going to be set for a while. Nice. So,
0: you love finding those kind of stores, yeah. And,
1: and I don't have to drive all the way to a long way
0: away to get to it. So, yeah. I have a store like that, but it's like it's almost an hour from my house yeah. to that store. So, kind of stinks that I can't make it over there. That's uh, very a often. go
1: once a month yeah. or something, kind <laughs> and buy like eight beers mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that you can't drink for two months. <laughs> so, <sighs> well, there's some beer beer reviews. We got the Funk from Dewclaw Brewing. We've got the Death by Coconut. What was the brewery on that one? That was Oscar Blues Brewery. Oscar Blues in Colorado. I do remember they were in Colorado. Yeah. So we got five Luthers on the Death by Coconut, four and a half on the Funk from Duke Law. So now we're going to keep going into Habakkuk. We are in Chapter 3. Um, we're going to be wrapping this up here in the next week or two. Uh, but we're going to talk through most of Chapter 3 tonight. So stick around, and we will be right back. welcome back welcome back welcome back we're going to dive into habakkuk chapter 3 tonight and we're just got a couple more weeks going on in habakkuk and and it's going to be it's going to be I'm not going to lie chapter 3 is probably the best best uh best book in the bible not the bible in the book best chapter in the book that was <laughs> you
1: you butchered that real bad I,
0: I did butcher that one oh well um so I'm going to read most of Habakkuk chapter 3 tonight. We're going to do verses uh, 1 through 15. We're going to talk through them and then we're going to save kind of the closing 16 and then and then the last couple of verses that everybody knows about Habakkuk. We're going to save those for next week uh, to kind of close it out and then do a little recap. So if you got your Bibles, follow along with us. Uh, I'm going to read chapter 3 and I'm reading in the ESV. Uh, but it goes like this. This is Habakkuk's prayer, and it says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to the Shigianoth. Hope I said that right. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens. And the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers, or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on the horses on your chariot of salvation, you stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place and the light of your arrows as they sped at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched, through the fur- you marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced him with his own arrows, the heads of his warriors." who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. That is
1: legit. And it really is a complete 180 from the Habakkuk of chapters 1 and 2, where he's mm-hmm. coming to God saying, you know, God, are you sure you want to do this? God, I can't believe this is how you're doing it. And he's flip that to now in chapter three, where he's pretty much listing all the attributes of God that are amazing and and awesome. And then also saying, God, you do what you need to do because I know you can do this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and so it's almost like Habakkuk's gone from a, you know, we talked about it. I don't remember when it was. It's been a couple of weeks, but the the hands on the hips Habakkuk where he's like, are you really sure you want to do that? To now, mm-hmm. it's like, God, I trust you, and I know that you've got some great plan that I'm not even fully aware of, yeah. and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, it it really paints a picture for us as believers that is what a true kind of worship of God actually is. Um, this whole chapter, and and when you think of it like this chapter being— uh, mm-hmm. A worship song, you know the the shigyanoth is a, is actually a musical term, um, and then and then it starts off. This is the prayer of Habakkuk, so this is the prayer in song form, mm-hmm. um, much like a psalm would have been. This is a prayer of of Habakkuk, and he just starts running through all of this stuff, right? You know, and so what we see is a is a picture of what worship should be, of what we should proclaim in worship Mm -hmm. you know but also it's it's uh it's a picture of what worship is not right you know um it's often the case that we think worship is about uh us and our preferences or us and the songs that we like or us and name your your thing right there you know um but it's it's really not worship should never be about that worship should always point to god into his glory right it should never be about what we feel but it should always be about his glory
1: yeah and the i think the problem with worship right now in the church is that it's too focused on um style it's too focused on it's got to be a certain style it's got to be a certain you know Rhythm, it's got it, whatever yeah. you can only use these instruments, or you have to use these instruments, or choir or no choir, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in worship, you know, if anything about worship is not glorifying and honoring God, mm-hmm. then it needs to be stripped from the platform. Yes, and and, and yeah. you know, I think there's too many too many people who are afraid to make a drastic change like that because you know you could hurt someone's feelings. Or, you know, what happens in the congregation if if that happens?
0: Yeah. What happens if they don't see their favorite person on stage? Yeah. You know, um, do they stop tithing? Do they stop giving? Do they stop coming? Well, we can't have that. So we have to leave this person on stage no matter how toxic that person is. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it, it's a sad place for churches that they found themselves mm-hmm. in, in that situation. But, but you know, it, it happens. Um, but on top of this being a worship song, this is, this is like we said, this is also a prayer Mm -hmm. and, and, and prayer is, is this response to God that, that basks in the glory of who he is, but it's, it's almost perplexing to, to some degree because prayer, prayer should always plunge our hearts into God and should always do that, but a lot of times we find a prayer as this: I'm going to spill, uh, I'm going to spill my emotions out, or I'm going to spill what I feel like out, mm-hmm. and and say that that's plunging my heart into God. You know, we we need to we need to take back what we think pouring out our hearts to God actually is. You yeah. know, if we're not pouring out our hearts in edification and in glory of God. God, you're so glorious that you can do all of these things, and that's what you see in Habakkuk. You know this this transition where where really from chapter two just to chapter three he he's he's complaining at the first part of chapter two, but he says the righteous will live by faith, and then you go into the woes, and then after the woes, it's like Habakkuk says, "You're right. I realize mm-hmm. exactly what has happened." You know, in a few weeks ago we we referenced. Um, that that Habakkuk, we kind of joked that Habakkuk was the Cliff Notes version of Job. Yeah. Um. It, but it, but it really is. I mean, it, it happens in just two chapters here. Yeah. And, and and Habakkuk goes into this this new state, and and that's really what we need to as as Christians, we need to take on that attitude of prayer. Yeah. That attitude, and and the attitude of prayer also needs to filter into our attitude of worship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I
1: mean everything that we do in regards to our walk with Jesus should be overflowing into our other aspects of our walk with Jesus. Whether it's you know if your your prayer life should overflow into how you worship, how you read the Bible, how you serve, um, how you handle your money, like it should all overflow into each other because Mm -hmm. it's all related. Like like as believers, we don't have we don't have the luxury to compartmentalize aspects of our life and say this goes over here this goes over here mm-hmm. and they don't touch when you're a believer everything touches everything yes. and and it's and, and it's you know we have to get out of the mindset of you know this is mine this is where work goes this is where my family goes this is where kids go because jesus is should be flowing through all of it like like yes. the perspective you know you should be looking at every aspect of your life through the lens of i'm a follower of Jesus how do i mm-hmm. do whatever to glorify god to the best yes. of my ability
0: yes yes and amen to that every bit of it <laughs> because that's that's exactly what we're going to see mm-hmm. Habakkuk go through in these verses so yeah. now that we've now that we've hit we've we've just kind of scratched the surface of verse 1 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's basically what we just did for ten minutes yeah. to scratch the surface of verse one, um, but but you you move from verse one, and I mean literally, it's this is a prayer of Habakkuk according to this musical term shigyanoth. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and then and then verse two, he just I mean he just starts laying it out there, mm-hmm. and the first thing he does, he asks God to do three specific things. Yeah. The first thing he says is, "Revive your work." You know, um, he says, starting in verse 2, O oh Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O oh Lord, do I fear in the midst of the years? Revive it." Mm. Um, you know, how many times do we do we look back at what God has done? How many times do we say, um, "You know, this is look at these these." Things that that we can point to. This is what God had. This is where God has worked. Mm-hmm. God, would you do that again? Yeah. Would you do this? Do a mighty work like that again? And and it's not it's not a desperate plea. You know, we always see this desperate plea for revival or something like that coming from people. It's not so much that as much as it is, God, you've worked in the past. Would you please work again? However, you're going to do that. Yeah. It's not about doing what you did in the past, but it's about you have worked in the past so we just want you to work again mm-hmm. today we want you to do something today and so he he calls for God to revive the work what's the second thing that he calls for in the in these verses um
1: he calls for God to reveal the work to his people i mean to this point the people of judah are still kind of blind to the fact that there needs to be some sort of revival there mm-hmm. that you know as far as I can tell, you know, this conversation has gone on between God and Habakkuk. Habakkuk hasn't shared it with anybody. Habakkuk hasn't gone to the other prophets and leaders or whatever and said, Hey, Mm -hmm. God's saying that some discipline's about to come. We might want to get our stuff together and and stop doing the thing. So, you know, Habakkuk is pleading that God, please reveal this work to your people. And, you know, a lot of times I feel that as believers, we are, kind of oblivious to all the things that God is doing mm-hmm. and how he's weaving actions together and how, how every, you know, nothing happens by accident because God uses everything to accomplish mm-hmm. his plan and to glory, to bring him glory. So, mm-hmm. you know, God, Habakkuk is basically saying, God, please, please, please open the eyes of your people so that they can see the plan that you have before them mm-hmm. so that they can see that, this is why we are, we've reached this point. So um, that's really what, that's one of the other things that Habakkuk is asking for here.
0: Yeah. And, and the last thing that he, that he does and, and really this is, this sets up the model of a model of prayer that we as Christians can follow. You know, God, would you work? Would you revive something? Would you do something? Would you reveal it, you know, to us as your people? Now, An interesting part here is that that as the people of God, we have the total revelation of God. God has revealed his work in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So in Habakkuk's day, he's asking for something. They're looking for a Savior. Well, guess what? We have that Savior. That's what the New Mm -hmm. Testament is about. And so the final plea in in Habakkuk's um, kind of three things right here is to end his wrath. Now, he knows the wrath of God is coming, he knows it's there and he knows it's about to come down with a fierceness, but he says, In wrath, remember mercy. Mm-hmm. And and what a beautiful picture of what Christians should be praying today. You know, we know that the wrath of God is coming. We know that judgment is coming. We know that there are some terrible things. But oh that we would long for mercy in our lives. Yeah. That we would long for mercy in the lives of the people that we're around. Because you know Habakkuk really and truly has has the right we would think from a human perspective he has the right to be mad, he has the right like Jonah did to just go sit under a tree and pout you know we in our human mind we we believe that he has the right, but the reality is that he doesn't have the right to do anything, and he recognizes that he sees that and he says, "Oh God, in your wrath, would you please remember mercy mm-hmm. and mercy is such an interesting word here because Judah is the one that's actually being judged. And so the the wrath of God deserved to come down on Judah. And so what what he's asking for is God even though we have messed up as Judah, even though we have ruined this, even though you're using Babylon to judge us, would you please bring mercy upon mm-hmm. us? Would you please have mercy on us just one more time? Yeah. You know, and it and it sets up this state of repentance um, because if you think about, you know, Judah has sinned, they they've done something terrible, that's why they're under judgment. Well, if you skip over to Romans, Romans three twenty three, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Mm. That's what they deserve. That's what's just. Yeah. And so you have this 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 dichotomy of justice and wrath mm-hmm. and, and these two that pull on each other constantly. And and without without one or the other, you can't have mercy. Right. Because if the, the mercy is really the lack of justice or the lack of wrath. That is the mercy of God. And God perfectly balances this tug, this tug of war that goes between wrath and mercy. Yeah. His and what were you saying? Yeah, I was just gonna
1: say his wrath is just, but it's also merciful. Like or he is also merciful.
0: Yeah. Um and I'll say this. One of one of my favorite passages in all of scripture um is in Ephesians chapter two because it's it's a very <laughs> vivid picture of this, of what Habakkuk is praying right here. And if you start off at the beginning of chapter 2, it basically says, you know, we're all evil. We're all going to, we're doing bad things. And then verse 4, it picks up, but God being rich in mercy Mm -hmm. because of the great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. What, I mean, there's no better picture of what, Habakkuk is praying right here than Ephesians chapter 2. Yeah. You know, we pray for mercy. And so we want to see that in your wrath, would you remember mercy? Wrath is God rightly exercising his divine judgment over sin. And his mercy is the man, Christ Jesus, coming and living a, a perfect life and dying the place that we should have died, where Roman says we have death and that is the just cause of our sin. Mercy steps in and God being rich in mercy. Sends his son Christ Jesus to die for Mm -hmm. us. You know, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel right here in the book of Habakkuk.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something we would find if we read a lot of other books of the Old Testament is that even though Jesus may not be physically present, the story of the gospel is present throughout. Um, Oh, absolutely. I mean, the over and over again, the Old Testament is a story of redemption. Yeah, and so you know, even even here in Habakkuk, Habakkuk himself hasn't done, you know, isn't recorded to have done anything necessary, you know, necessarily like needing of redemption. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, he the the attitude and, and his frustrations really of the first two chapters of Habakkuk, where he's you know challenging God more or less, and now yeah. ch- here in chapter three, he, ha- I mean. This is a redemption story for him. He's come or, yeah. he's come around and said, "God, you're you're good, you're holy. You have a plan that I don't have to understand, and mm-hmm. I could never understand, and I'm okay with that. And so I trust you to do what you said you're going to do because it's always ultimately for your glory."
0: Yeah. That's and that's exactly right. And what we're going to see now Moving from from verse two into into kind of the rest of this, which all of the rest of three, um, we're going to stop in verse fifteen. But the rest of this just flows together because um, what's going to happen is you're going to see this picture of wrath that gets painted. You're going to see um, God's work in the wrath. You're going to see the mercy in the wrath come through in the form of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so let's just let's let's pick up in verse three and let's keep walking through this because. It's it's such a beautiful picture. So, the second half of this, um, we can divide this into two kind of major sections. Um, some some people I, I know we read, and I think the book uh, that we're following actually says this is three mm-hmm. three separate sec, uh, sections. But I like joining the the second two sections because they're really um, they're talking about the same thing, and one just kind of builds on the other. Mm-hmm. And so it's this—it's this constant kind of like God is a warrior versus um, verses three through seven. So let's focus here for just a second on verses three through seven. Um, God is working, and He's delivering His people. And and what's interesting about this section to me is that this this language is very very indicative of stories that have been told. Mm-hmm. They point directly back to the Exodus. Yeah. And 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 you see that come through, and you and you know that, Jew, or I'm sorry, Habakkuk is telling Judah this. I mean, this this is uh, a prayer that was that was written down and given to to the nation. So he's telling Judah this. Remember where you've come from. You know, they've they've been slaves to Egypt. Then they went through the wilderness. Then they conquered the promised land. Then the Babylonians. You know. Took them captive, and and that's really where they they are is they're they're in this like second bondage, and and Babylon is conquering mm-hmm. them at the you know at this moment, and so so in this in this first division, we see that God comes from from an unexpected area. They don't know what God is doing; that He's using Babylon to bring judgment on them, and then He's going to deliver them in the midst of that judgment. Right, you know. Um, and, and again, what a beautiful picture of the gospel, Yeah, you know, in, in the moments where you don't think anything can go right. There's this man and this woman who gets, who gives, uh, you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And, and here comes this baby out of Nazareth, the, the place where nobody comes from. Right. you know, what good can come from Nazareth? And, and this, this little baby is the savior of the world, you know? Yeah. So, so. The first half of this verses three, and I'm gonna quit rambling here in just a second, I think. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> the 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 first half of this verses three through seven, God comes from from an unexpected area, and then what he does is he comes and he shows up in just great amounts of splendor and glory. Mm-hmm. And and this splendor and glory is gonna be displayed and it's gonna be blast before the entire earth. Yeah and and again we should see echoes of this in the new testament when christ comes again when the second coming happens everybody's going to know read the book of revelation every knee will bow every tongue will confess um and so you you have this out of nowhere seems to come this just majestic triumphant conquering savior mm-hmm. who's who's coming to just put an end and bring perfect justice and perfect mercy at the same time to the world right so so that's like the first half take us through the second half of that that uh that section there yeah so in verses eight through 15
1: we transition from this like remembrance um idea from Habakkuk to showing God to be a warrior um that is fighting for his people and it builds on this the use of the exodus language some um but it really is showing that God has, you know, He's uh, there's anger and wrath and rage, and but He's victorious, and He's um, He's got a a sheath and a bow and arrows. Um, he could split the earth with river, or He split the earth with rivers. The mountains see Him and shudder. Um, deep, the deep roars. Um, the, the ocean roars with its voice and lifts its waves high. Sun and moon stand still in their lofty residence. I mean, it's, it's all this language about just the sheer might and majesty and the magnitude of God and his glory and his power. Um, And it's showing that the Lord will overcome the power of the darkness. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a, um, oh, I don't know, maybe he can, maybe he can't kind of thing. It is, it is showing that. You know, the mountains shudder and God controls the oceans and the waves and he can have the sun and the moon stop in the sky if he wants them to. And and he is – he alone is capable of that. And so God's people, you know, have they been – have they gone astray? Yes. Do they need to be disciplined? Yes. But the God that is disciplining them is the same God who is who is faithful to deliver them from Egypt? And mm-hmm. faithful to uh, defeat the enemy, to defeat uh, Pharaoh,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: the same God that's going to deliver them from Babylon. And, yeah. and, and you know, we've we've talked a lot about tying the Habakkuk to the New Testament. I think about Hebrews 13, 8, where it yeah. says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and you know, something that the the um, commentary pointed out is that God will act on our behalf. Yeah. because he always has. It's it's yeah. not it's not a we're never on our own kind of thing. You know, we're we're never having to figure things out on our own. God is always acting on our behalf. And and yeah. when it's time for you know, when it's time for discipline, God will discipline. When it's time for grace, God will pour out his grace. Mm-hmm. When it's time for mercy, God pours out his mercy. When it's time for blessing, God pours out his blessings. And so I think that Habakkuk has come to the realization that you know God has promised to do this thing it's going to happen but God is going to win this battle because he always wins the battle
0: yeah and and you know at the at the end of this this second section he walks through six very specific kind of promises or statements mm. Uh, they're, they're six declarations and, and I just I want to hit these because I think they' they're very important to the point that you just made, which is that God will will act on on behalf of his people. So just picking up here in verse 12, these, these six statements are, "You march across the earth with indignation, you trample down the nations in wrath, you came out, or you come out to save your people. You crush the leader of the house of the wicked. You pierce his head with his own spears. We're going to hold, and we're going to come back to that one in just a second. We're going to put a, a asterisk there, and and then the last one is you tread the sea with your horses. Now, something something that was interesting that actually, um, so so we've we've mentioned the book, um, and I hope you guys are following along with that book. But I've got a second commentary that I that I kind of reference every now and then. And they had this interesting point um that ties really this the the verses eight through twelve into the the last half of this and in verse eight it says um, was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord was your anger against the rivers, your indignation against the sea when you rode your horses on your chariot of salvation so that's kind of the interesting phrase right there because in in ancient medieval literature, not ancient, well, not medieval medieval literature, but in ancient pagan literature, um, we all know that Baal was a, a deity that was worshipped in the Old Testament, and they actually make this point that Baal, who was a fertility deity, um, was called the Rider of the clouds, and and it was a it was a designation in, in pagan literature and. They make the point that Habakkuk, when he's using these words, when he's talking like this in verse 8, with this type of rhetorical style, um, he's actually mocking Baal. Mm. Because he say he's saying, you know, Baal would have been known amongst the pagans as the rider on the storms. And so you you pair that with... Um, the second half of verse eight, where it says, "When you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation," and he says that right after he says, "You know, are you against the rivers? Are you against the seas? Are you you're parting the seas with your horses?" and 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 he's using this this poetic language, this this prayerful poetic language, to really and truly mock the culture, the Babylonians that are judging Judah, and so. You know, it it gives us great peace and strength as Christians to know that that our God is the the mighty one. He is the Almighty. You know, in Exodus we go back to what we've referenced Exodus tonight. He tells Moses, "Who do you think should send me?" I am. Tell them I am that I am sent you. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I I think about you know when when somebody important when you when they ask you know. You know who are you? Well, you should know who I am. is Is a lot of response. You know, do you know who I am when you talk about a famous person or something like that, um, or somebody who thinks they're important? Um, that that's really what God says to Moses. Is He says, "Not do you know who I am? I am that I am." Right. And and so you have you have this and this Almighty God, and then He makes these six statements in verses twelve through fifteen. And it goes right back to the point. Sometimes when we think uh, that, that, the, that the mercy or the wrath of God is a long time coming, God will always act on behalf of his people, and he will always bring victory to his people. Um, and he does so in the book of Habakkuk. And, and, and we see that in these, these concluding verses of chapter 3. And I'm going to skip ahead to just, just the end of verse 16 for a second because it's going to bring all of this back into back into into view here. But if you I'm going to skip just the last sec, the last sentence of verse 16 which says, "Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us." Now, go back to that fifth promise there for a second. You pierce his head with his own spears. Now, as a believer, as a christian um, we we firmly believe that the, that you reap what you sow okay if you sow destruction you are going to reap destruction if you sow faith you're going to reap faith okay it's it's not a merit based thing it's not this isn't no, we're not talking about salvation right here but we're talking about the way that you live your life okay the way that you live your life you're going to reap that back back to you Babylon is going to reap back exactly what they've sown. They have sown destruction into countries. They have sown destruction into the nation of Judah. And God is going to give it right back to them. And so that, that fifth promise, and then tied back into this last half of verse 16, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. The Babylonians are the people who are invading. And Habakkuk says, and and the, the last we're going to say for next week, we, I think you know what it says. But he says, right before this, I will wait quietly. I think that is a troubling and challenging word for us as Christian believers today. Yeah.
1: We're so used to the go, 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 go get it, to go do something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, if you're a man, you're you're wired to want to fix things. I think that's yeah. I think that's natural. Um, but here we have Habakkuk saying, "God's promised this to happen. I'm going to sit and wait for it to wait for it to come."
0: Yeah. Hey, have you ever met that person that just kind of has that quiet confidence, like you feel like they know something that you don't know? Yeah. You know that. I feel like that's exactly where Habakkuk is right here. Yeah. He's he's got this quiet confidence of God's going to do this. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in my lifetime. Yeah. But God's going to do it. And when it happens, you'll know it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And and for Christians today, you know, man, especially American Christians today, does it look like America is going to hell in a handbasket. Yes, it does. You know, we are acting like nobody is in charge. We're acting like nothing. Everybody can cancel everybody. Um, If you don't like somebody, you just cancel them. If you don't like something they did, you just cancel it and, and you boycott them and you boycott this. And, and we've had our discussion on that. I'm I'm not going to dive into that now, but you know, I, I want to to long for the days where where Christians will will have that quiet confidence of it's okay. Yeah. God's, God's going to do this in his time. We're going to continue to stand for truth where we can stand for truth. But we're going to have this quiet confidence that says God is in control. God is going to work this the way he wants to work it when he wants to work it. Yeah. And when that happens, everyone will know, and it will be undisputable. Yeah
1: how different would our churches look if we actually lived like that
0: oh man if, don't hit me with that i mean <laughs> it's, it's if, if we li- <laughs> if
1: we lived like we believe that god is in control and that god is going to m- make things happen when he wants them to happen how he wants them yeah. to happen yes so
0: it, it would it would radically change the lives of christians it really would yeah. because um you know we have deservedly gotten some bad stigmas mm-hmm. from culture yeah. over the last couple of decades. Um, Christians in the public sphere have acted in ways. Now, I'm not going to say that they are the majority of Christians because I don't believe they are. Um, but there are some very public Christians who have acted in ways that they shouldn't have. Right. In the last four, three or four decades. Yeah. And and we should be ashamed of that. We we really should that we let it get to that yeah. as, as believers. But, you know, the challenge is for us to take it, individualize <laughs> and say, I'm going to be what Scripture calls me to be. I'm going to be like Habakkuk, and I'm going to sit quietly for the day of trouble to come upon those who invade us. Yeah. And and I'm going to stand firm like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the face of challenges and I'm not going to bow to the pressure of culture, but you're also not going to find me standing on a, a street corner yelling at people, demanding that they do something about, you know, whatever grievances I believe have happened. Right. So it's, it's a challenge for Christians. It really is. Um, it's, it's a tough word. It's, it's hard. And I don't like it as much as, as the next guy. Uh, but it's what Scripture teaches us. Yeah, I believe. Mm. That's a good. It's hard. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think it's a good stopping point for this week, though. Yeah,
0: Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna pick up. We're gonna finish the book next week. Uh, but until then, uh, Michael, if they want to find us on social media, where would they find us? You can
1: find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Facebook by searching uh, Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for our new and updated logo. That's um, right. Which is very, very well done. Man,
0: so many comments on That the logo.
1: yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. I just had a thought, I don't think you can put an ampersand in your email, but just in case you are, you do need to spell it out. But yes. But I think it, are we, do we use the ampersand in some places?
0: Um, I think our, like, Facebook name says Beers Ampersand Bible. Yeah,
1: so if you've been emailing us and we haven't responded, it's not because we are ignoring you. Spell everything out, yeah.
0: Beers and Bible. Yeah,
1: Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. So um, we are approaching the end of Habakkuk. We'll f- wrap that up next week. And, uh, we'd love to hear some requests on, nope, that's not going to work because this is recorded way beforehand. (laughs) JK.
0: Back that up. Yeah.
1: So cut that out. Um, I'll just do the whole, where they can find us again. So we ask that question again. So where can they find us, Michael, on the social media? Um, you can find us on Instagram at beers and bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and bible p one. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and bible podcast and looking for our new and improved logo. Um, logo. It is very dope. And then you can also email us at beers and bible podcast at gmail.com. And spell it all out. Yes, spell it all out. Beers and bible. Podcast. Um. Yeah, hit us up if you have any beer suggestions or anything you'd like for us to discuss on a future episode of the podcast. We'd love to get that from you guys.
0: Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Yep. So until next week, may your beer be cold. May it be good. Share it with us. Send us messages. Um... And like and review. Send us some reviews on on podcast platforms so we can continue to promote and build this. Yeah,
1: and I I forgot to mention, if you haven't already, and this is the end of the podcast, so they're probably not even listening now. um, But if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or another one of them i don't know what the other ones are <laughs> those are the two i know because those are the two i use but if you use something yep. else and you can subscribe to it go ahead and subscribe hit the subscribe button um and yeah leave us a review leave us a rating and um it helps us yeah and share this with as many people as you can because we'd uh we'd lo- we'd love to see this thing grow
0: yes we would so enjoy it and we will see you next week as we finish up the book of Habakkuk. Peace out. Deuces.